Hello, my name's Gary, and this is episode 37 of EV Musings, a podcast about electric vehicles and things that are interesting to electric vehicle owners. Today's show is another mini-pod where we'll be looking at newbie questions and providing an idiot's guide. This week, it's the different types of chargers. For those who are interested, Simon is away this week getting in touch with his feminine side. Our feature topic today is chargers for newbies. Last week, we talked about the different cables that you can have that come with your EV, and we mentioned the granny cable in the Type 2. But then we moved on to the cables that stay attached to public chargers, and I promise we come back to them this week in a little more detail. We're not going to be looking at individual chargers or how to use them, at least not in this episode, but I wanted instead to take you through the complex world of slow, fast, rapid and ultra-rapid chargers so you understand the difference. I know when I spoke recently with a friend of the podcast Gary Wales after he purchased his Model 3, I realised that he was not totally clear about why there are different types of chargers and what the exact difference is, and he's not a stupid guy, so I figured if he was having trouble then a lot of people would be having trouble and I figured... I'd have a go at explaining. So here goes. Fundamentally, chargers are classified according to how fast they put electricity into your car. It goes something like this. If you're using a domestic plug socket, it's slow. If you're using a dedicated unit where you provide the cable, it's fast. And if you're using a public unit where the cables are already attached, it's rapid. If you're using a public unit where the cables are already attached and they seem to have some sort of liquid coolant running through them, it's high powered. So what are the differences? Why can't they all just pump electrons out in the same way petrol pumps all push petrol or diesel out? Well, good question, and one for which there isn't really a good answer other than to say cost. Generally, the slower the charge, the easier and less expensive it is for the equipment. For example, a granny cable plugged into your domestic socket at home is very cheap to set up and install. It literally took me 30 seconds and it came with the car. A Type 2 cable plugged into a 7 kilowatt socket outside Lidl or Aldi is a little bit more expensive to install, but not too much. A Polar, Engini or Shell recharge unit is very expensive to install, and a 350 kilowatt Ionity unit is phenomenally expensive. But they're all doing the same thing, putting electrons into your car. So let's take it as read that a slow charger is understood. You plug it into your socket, you pull 13 amps or equivalent overnight, slow and steady. If we then move up a step, we get to fast chargers. In reality, fast chargers should really be called slightly less slow chargers. They're usually relatively small units that look a little bit like either a plastic box on a wall or a parking bollard with light at the top. If you check the EV Musings Twitter stream for late January, you'll see a photo I posted from the Yorkshire EV meet in the Meadowhall complex in Sheffield. They had a long row of these fast chargers all plugged in at the same time, and you can clearly see what they look like. If you have a home charger installed, chances are it's also a fast charger. In terms of actual speed, a fast charger will usually be also be referred to as a 7 kilowatt post. This means it pumps electrons in at the rate of 7 kilowatts per hour. It's not hugely fast, but if you're at home for 9 or 10 hours, it will easily fill up a Kona, an e-Nero, a new e-Soul, most of a Model 3 and a Jaguar I-Pace. Some of the cars with much larger batteries like the Tesla 100Ds might not make it if you arrive totally empty, but hopefully you'll not arrive totally empty. The intention of fast chargers is that you use them when you have plenty of time to spare. For example, when you're going to the movies or shopping or watching your favourite football club, or if your employer has put these sort of chargers in at your workplace. Plug the car in and leave it. 
the electrons will fill at their own pace and you just don't have to worry about it. In order to use a 7 kilowatt post, you'll need your Type 2 cable. If you're unsure about which is which, have a listen to last week's episode about the cables for more information. Some fast charge posts are slightly faster than this. They're known as 22 kilowatt posts. They look pretty much identical. But again, they're still classed as fast, but unfortunately, they won't charge at 22 kilowatts for every car. Each car can handle different rates of fast charging. Some, like my Soul, can take 7 kilowatts. Some, like the i3 Model 3 and the Porsche Taycan, can take 11 kilowatts. The beauty is that no matter how fast the unit can provide the charge, your car will only take the amount its internal charge unit can deal with, and this protects the battery. There is another sort of Type 2 fast charger, which is rather confusingly attached to a rapid charge unit. These are known as 43 kilowatt units because that's how fast they can pump out charge to your car. The problem is that unless your car can accept that high charge, and the vast majority of them can't, it will only deliver 7 kilowatts or 11 kilowatts to your vehicle. The main reason these units exist is because the Renault Zoe, the early versions, have the ability to quote unquote rapid charge at these speeds. So finally, we come on to the rapid and high power charges. These are essentially the same concept, but the numbers involved are bigger in each case. Rapid charges can, as the name suggests, charge your vehicle rather rapidly. The reason for this is very simple. EV batteries provide electricity in a form called DC or direct current. There are reasons and advantages and disadvantages for this that I'm not going to go into, but suffice it to say that one advantage is that rapid chargers provide DC current. And what that means is you've got DC current going straight into a DC battery and it's super quick. The other chargers we've talked about, the 7 kilowatts and 22 kilowatts, are AC or alternating current. Again, the reasons why are not important, except to say that to put AC current into a DC battery, the electrons have to go through a translation process of some sort. This takes time, and it's why AC is generally slower to fill. Your DC rapid charger will charge at anything up to about 62.5 kilowatts. The vast majority of them charge around 50 kilowatts. What this means is in an hour, it will pump something approaching... 50 kilowatts of electrons into your battery, give or take. Once you get above 62.5 kilowatt charge speed, you're starting to get into uh, ultra-high power chargers. These can squirt electrons into a battery anything up to 350 kilowatts. Just to put that into context, it could fill a battery the size of the one in my soul in around five minutes. However, the heat generated by these monsters needs lots of cooling, which is why they usually have liquid cooling running around the cables, and fast and noisy fans under the unit to ensure that the, they stay cool. If you're looking for some of the HP chargers like this in the UK, BP Chargemaster have 150 kilowatt units dotted around the place. The not-so-fast-net charger in Sunderland is uh, one of the HPCs, and the Ionity chargers at Milton Keynes, Maidstone and Gretna Green can also be used. I would recommend that you don't bother trying to use these unless your car can take that speed because otherwise it'll just hog an HPC for much longer than needed and at a higher cost usually. And that's basically all you need to know about chargers and why there are different types. Basically, 3-pin is for at home, 7-kilowatt is for plug and stay when you've got plenty of time, rapid and HPC is for getting there quickly and waiting as little as possible. 
All three have their place, and they will all help to form a complete charging infrastructure for EVs as the rollout continues. As we said in a recent episode, there are now upwards of 18,000 public charge units in the UK, with almost 31,000 connectors at nearly 11,000 locations. It's time for a cool EV or renewable thing to share with your listeners. A couple of episodes back, Simon and I discussed last mile deliveries, and we said that companies such as Amazon, UPS and DPD should start to invest in electric vehicles to perform these last mile deliveries, i.e. from a uh, reasonably local depot out to the actual final destinations in homes and uh, businesses. Well, since then, Amazon have announced a huge order for delivery vehicles made by Rivian. UPS have started to look at them as well, and now DPD, which is pretty big in the UK and was one that we mentioned specifically in the podcast, has announced that they're going for it in quite a big way. They've ordered 300 Nissan ENV200 electric vans for delivery in May, and they've recently augmented this order with another one for 100 MAN ETGE electric 3.5 ton trucks. These trucks have a range of about 70 miles, but can take a payload of almost 1,000 kilos or 10.7 square metres, which is much more important than the actual range. By the end of the current year, 10% of the van fleet in the 68 DPD depots in the UK is to be battery electric. And this is an excellent start. Well done, DPD. And that's our show for today. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. If you want to contact us, I'm the real Gary C on Twitter, or use the EV Musings Twitter account, Musings EV. If you're wanting a quick reference ebook to read on your Kindle, I wrote a little something called So You've Gone Electric. It's available on Amazon Worldwide for the measly sum of 99p or equivalent, and it's a great little introduction to living with an electric car. Links for everything I've talked about in the podcast today are in the description. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. It's available on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review as it helps raise our visibility and extend our reach in search engines. A final thought before I go. If I asked you today which is a better method of fueling your personal transport, which would you select? A tech that's inert, can be handled by kids, is easily refilled using a standard source available in every house in the country. A tech which is toxic, flammable, expensive, and has to be dispensed under controlled conditions. Or a tech that needs to be kept under extremely high pressure both for storage and whilst in the car, is highly explosive, burns without a visible flame, and will, over time, corrode the very material that it's been stored in. Which one would you choose? Thanks for listening. Bye.